When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're back. It's Monday. Another day, another week, another Let's Ride podcast. If you don't know, this is the Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast on the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. Thank you for joining me. My ride or die crew is loyal as always. Sure, you're along for the trip. And hey, I'm on location. Believe it or not, I'm on vacation. You might hear the rain in the background. We are getting pummeled right now with rain, but I said, hey, this is a perfect time to record. It is the start of a new week, Monday. That's a bummer for some people, but have solace that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not only in training camp, but they are donning pads for the first time this year. That's right, Monday's practice will be the first padded practice for the black and gold. It's exciting. It's something to look forward to. I don't understand some fans. This is something I talked about on the Thursday night Steelers preview. Myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Davis, where all these fans are always wanting to skip to the next thing. I never understood that. They'll say things like, oh, yeah, minicamp's great and all, but it's just minicamp or quote-unquote football in shorts, or they can't do all the drills that they want to do. Wait till training camp. Okay, training camp rolls around. Then it's, okay, well, yeah, it's training camp, But at the same time, it's not just training camp. They haven't put pads on yet. So when you haven't had pads on, it doesn't really count. So these drills don't count. Even though they can do more team-like drills, they can do more football-like drills, they can do 11-on-11, all that good stuff, it doesn't really count. Now, today, Monday, they're going to put the pads on. And all of a sudden, 
everyone's going to say, well, but it's still training camp, and they're not. It's Steelers versus Steelers. You can't count that. Wait till the preseason comes. Okay. And so then the preseason is going to roll around here in a, in a couple weeks. And what are they going to say then? The skeptical Steeler fans are going to say, well, these games don't count. The starters aren't in, or they did this against that number, you know, their second-ranked receiver or their third uh, cornerback on the depth chart. And so they're always going to have something. And then when the games start, well, then they start to cut down the opponents however which way you want to see it. For, I mean, if they were to go into Cincinnati, the Steelers, and win week one and beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I don't think anyone's going to complain about that, just like no one complained about beating Josh Allen and the Bills in 2021 in week one. But still, you're looking at this, and everyone's always trying to find the next reason to cut down the team. You're not going to hear it from me. I'll tell you that right now. I'm a fan that I'm going to take things at face value. Training camp is here. Every throw, I've talked about this ad nauseum on my podcast. Every throw for these quarterbacks matters. I still believe that. Stand by it to this day. I don't care if it's seven on seven, two minute drill, four minute drill, seven shots, third downs. Doesn't matter. Every single throw counts. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about trying to decipher Mike Tomlin's plan during this training camp. He does have a plan. I've honest to goodness believe that he has a plan. I'm not really sure what that is in some aspects, but we're going to try to figure this out. We're going to try to crack the code. It's only been a week. I get that, but we're going to try to crack the code. Uh, there is no no Monday morning conversation with me being away and out of town. It was just too difficult to try and, and get someone lined up and, and find a spot that fit with me and my family and our schedule is just crazy. So that you're going to get me for 30 minutes, folks. So buckle up. Let's get through it. But before we get to that news, I want to talk about some news to news stories that are floating around that honestly don't have anything to do with the Steelers. One by proxy kind of does, but it's quarterback news. I just have to say something about um, Kyler Murray's contract. Don't care at all about what the guy gets, whatever. The Cardinals want to give the guy 40 plus million guaranteed. Go for it. But man, that stipulation or that clause in his contract, which was eventually removed stating that he had to give so many hours of study time in a week. Oh my gosh, is that not a damning statement? That in and of itself, if I'm Kyler Murray, yes, the Cardinals gave me the deal that I felt was fair, that I felt was appropriate. But when they do that, they put that in a contract and then I signed it. Maybe that's even worse. The dude signed that contract. You're thinking... There's no way he signs that. He can say, take that out. Take that out of the contract, and we got a deal. And he didn't do that. He still signed the deal. Now, they did go back and change it. But nonetheless, what a damning statement that you have to have in a contract at some point that your franchise quarterback or the person that you deem to be your franchise quarterback has to study film X number of hours a week. That's incredible. Still can't believe it happened on both sides. But still, in other quarterback news, Lamar Jackson... I know if you're like me, I'm hoping that the Baltimore Ravens just, hey, pull up the Brinks truck, pull up the Brinks truck, and I want, I want to get, give Lamar whatever he wants. Give him Patrick Mahomes plus 10. 
Give him Josh Allen times five. I don't care. I want that team to be even in more salary cap hell than they already are. I ran an article for the website, I think it was last weekend, and I talked about, uh, it was, I did not come up with these numbers myself. I believe it was Albert Breer of uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, which is a part of Sports Illustrated, gave the top five teams in terms of salary cap space remaining. And going into the team, Steelers were fifth, by the way, with just over $14 million in cap space remaining. And then you had the five with the least amount of cap space. The number one team in terms of having the least amount of cap space was the Baltimore Ravens, who had less than a million. So I I messaged Dave Schofield right away and said, what in the heck, what, what does this team have to do? What do the Ravens have to do to become salary cap compliant? Because we all know if you listen to Dave Statgeek podcast, you listen to other podcasts, we all know that the, the NFL teams have to carry probably around $11 million, maybe upwards of 13 to deal with things like you got to play, you got to have to pay your practice squad. Any player that gets injured, you have to pay that player and you have to have to bring someone else in. So you have to keep a certain amount of money allocated for these things. The Ravens are already in cap hell. Now, they did redo Marlon Humphrey's deal, freed up about $7 million, but I'm still watching this Lamar Jackson contract stuff. I want him to get big bucks because I want that team to – I want him to suffer. I want him to suffer. I want them to suffer. I want the Browns to suffer. And when Joe Burrow gets his next deal, I want the Bengals to suffer because Steeler fans understand what it was like when Ben Roethlisberger was the vast majority – or the biggest hit to the salary cap every single year. The Steelers are not in that situation for the first time in a really, really long time, well over a decade. And so I'm hoping, fingers crossed, give Lamar what he wants. That's what I say. Give him what he deserves. All right, let's talk about training camp. A little bit of recap for those that haven't been paying attention. Uh, To give you kind of, you could go back on the website and check out all my training camp recaps or what I do. I take a look at all the stuff that's going on Twitter, videos, photos, storylines, all that, and I just take what I can and put it together so that fans that just want, hey, what's going on? What's the synopsis? Boom, there it is, day by day. So there, there's not going to be a training camp recap on Monday. Vibe, they didn't have practice on Sunday. So the next training camp recap will be on Tuesday. But to just to kind of give you a general overview of the first week of training camp, I think it's safe to say that the defense is way ahead of the offense. And that's, I think that's understandable. It just, it's the same with baseball. If you're a baseball person and you follow the sport, you know that coming out of spring training, pitchers and defense are normally way ahead of hitters. And that's because the hitting, it takes time. You got to, you got to get those looks. You got to get acclimated again to pitchers that are not only setting you up for those crazy pitches, whether it's a slider, breaking ball, doesn't matter. It takes some time, but eventually the offense catches up. In the first week of practice, the Steelers' defense was way ahead of the Steelers' offense. Rightfully so. Look at look at the age on the defense and look at the experience on the defense compared to the offense. You have an offense that has a new quarterback coming in some way, Mason Rudolph, Mr. Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, whoever it is. You have a really young and, and a group that's not used to playing with one another on the offensive line. James Daniels, Mason Cole, new faces. Kendrick Green, new position, maybe. Kevin Dotson in that battle. Dan Moore Jr., Chooks a core four coming off the contract. Running back, you got a lot of situations there. The, the wide receivers, we're going to talk about this today. But still, defense is definitely ahead, for sure. They are definitely ahead. And 
there have been some injuries. Knock on wood, I just did. The Steelers have not suffered any injury that is deemed to be unbelievably serious. You think about someone like Ryan Jensen, the center of Tampa Bay, who's probably out for the year after having his his knee rolled up on in practice. You hope, you hope, you hope, you hope that that doesn't happen to the Steelers. Hasn't happened yet. Yes, knocked on wood. Here's the injuries so far. Marcus Allen and Pat Fryermuth have both been hampered with a hamstring injury. You know Fryermuth's roster spot is safe, but Marcus Allen needs every single repetition he can get to save his spot on this team. Also, Chase Claypool, who is having a pretty good camp by all, uh, all accounts, he suffered a shoulder injury, and he's been nursing that shoulder injury. Uh, so he's been missing. I think he missed the last two practices of last week. Uh, and then the only other injuries of note, uh, Levi Wallace missed earlier in the week. He was sick. Um, it was actually, well, I think it might have been Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review had said, Levi Wallace looks, he looks off. He goes, I wouldn't be shocked if he's hurt. And they started putting Arthur Millette in his spot. And then all of a sudden, Mike Tomlin said, he's not here, he's sick. Uh, that makes sense. He probably wasn't feeling up to his normal self, but Levi Wallace was dealing with that illness. And then Connor Hayward, not Cameron Hayward, Connor Hayward, at Saturday's practice, ankle got rolled up on. He was tended to by the trainers. Everything seemed to be fine. We'll see if he's back on Monday or not. There you go with the injuries. Other than that, it's really just one of those things where you have training camp is across the league. They're, they're just It's going crazy. And I'm, I want to say this real quick before I get started with kind of the meat and potatoes of this podcast. And that is the one thing I can stand about training camp. I love most, almost everything about it. If I love 95% of training camp, the 5%, one of one of the things that falls into that 5% category are these teams and these organizations that put out videos that want to make players look like they're fantastic when they're catching passes with no defense on them. Like, oh, what a catch by Jerry Judy. Whoa. And you're, I'm thinking, okay, I want to see this. Let's see what this guy can do. And he's catching it in the back of the end zone with no one on him. Like, okay, there's no defense. There's no pass rush. What are we showing? Tom Brady to Julio Jones the first time they hook up. Oh, my gosh. I could throw that pass. There's nothing special. Yes, he's in a Tampa Bay uniform, whatever. Sometimes the hype train in training camp is a little too much for my liking, but still... It's training camp, it's football, and let's get down to it. So let's try to decipher some stuff here. I think a lot of Steeler fans after the first week are kind of wondering, what's going on with this team? What are are they doing? What are they trying to do? And it's only been a week. I think that's important to note. It's only been a week. The Steelers are certainly a team that is a work in progress. We'll put it that way. And so when I looked at this, and, and really what I was trying to do is I was trying to take the recaps that I was doing, the reports that were coming out of camp. You know, Dave Schofield writes the the players mention every single day Mike Tomlin meets with the media, he's asked questions, and when he's asked about a specific player, Dave takes that transcript, he kind of puts it there and says, here's what was said about Pat Fryermuth, about Chase Claypool, whatever. So I kind of took all of that, and I was thinking about, okay, what in the world is he trying to do with some of the stuff that's going on? Let's diagram this. We'll go one by one. Camp decisions that have been made have been questioned, understandably so. And some of these things, we have no idea what's going on. So we're going to try to decipher. First is Deontay Johnson. Now, Deontay Johnson, he is going full-on TJ Watt 2021, Minka Fitzpatrick earlier this offseason. He's going full-on hold-in. That's what he's trying to do. I'm going to hold in, folks. I'm going to show up so I don't get 
docked pay, but I'm not doing any team drills. I'm just going to stand on the sideline. I'm going to watch. Uh, I might catch some passes, some tennis balls. I'm going to stay late and work with quarterbacks, but I'm not going to do any team drills. All right. Yeah. And that worked for those other two players. I talked about this last week. They were all pro players. They are considered in the upper echelon of their position. Deontay Johnson, in my opinion, would not fall into that category. When you're talking about wide receivers, the best wide receivers in football, I'm not bringing up Deontay Johnson. And I'm a Steeler fan. I'm not. I would have a laundry list of players before I put Deontay Johnson on that list. But Deontay Johnson is looking at what these other players are getting in terms of contracts. He's looking at someone like DK Metcalf that just got a deal. He's looking at Terry McLaurin from Washington that just got a deal. And he's thinking, I need a deal too. This might be the biggest challenge for Omar Khan so far since he became the general manager. Because when you think about Minka Fitzpatrick, they, they wanted that to get that deal done. Art Rooney talked about it after the season ended. They, that was a priority for them. Just like TJ Watt, they knew they were going to get a deal done. The question was, when is it going to get done? I don't think anyone predicted Minka Fitzpatrick to get a deal done before training camp started, but it's good that he did. So Deontay Johnson is doing the hold-in. Mike Tomlin has been asked, when's he coming back? Tomlin says, look, I get it. It's the business side of things. I don't know. He was asked on Saturday, is he going to be back on Monday for the first padded practice? Tomlin says, look, I'm only worried about the players that are participating. This is going to get really interesting to me. I'm not sure if the Steelers are going to how long is this going to go, I guess, is the question. If the Steelers say, look, Deontay, like, we're, we're really far off here. You are valuing yourself here, and we value you over here. So when we're this far apart, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit out the entire preseason? Are you going to hold out regular season games? I don't know. Mike Tomlin, though, in terms of deciphering his plan, uh, it's a great one. He's getting, he's saying, oh, Deontay Johnson, you want to hold in? Sure, that's fine. I appreciate you being here, but you not being here is going to give George Pickens, who's had a great camp so far, Calvin Austin III, another good camp so far, Anthony Miller, who's had a great camp so far, Gunnar Olszewski, I could go down the list, Miles Boykin, all of these players that if Deontay Johnson were practicing, they would be starved for repetitions. They're getting plenty. And so Mike Tomlin, and I guarantee the front office, are looking at this saying, Deontay Johnson's not practicing, and if he doesn't play in preseason games, we're going to get a look at what our offense looks like without him. Do we need him that much, or do we not? This is interesting. Mike Tomlin is full steam ahead, focused on the players that are actually participating, and it's a good plan. It is a great plan. But not all of his plans are as good. I'll put it that way. Not all of his plans are are as good, especially at quarterback and at running back. So we're going to talk about those two after this break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. Second part of the show on Monday. No Monday morning conversation. My apologies. I'm going to get back into it, but got to remember, during the regular season, I probably won't be having these Monday morning conversations. I will be doing the post-game winners and losers podcast, things like that. Maybe I'll bring in some guests, but that's not going to be the priority on Let's Ride. Uh, typically, in the offseason, everyone has more time, but still, no Monday morning conversation We're going to dive right back into these plans, trying to decipher Mike Tomlin's plan at certain positions. And the position I have to talk about next is quarterback. I have to talk about quarterback. And the reason why I have to talk about quarterback is I just don't really understand what he's trying to do. When you look at the wide receivers with Deontay Johnson holding in, it makes sense when you look at younger players, Calvin Austin III, George Pickens, Anthony Miller, all those players that I mentioned, it makes sense. They're getting more reps. That plan works. It makes logical sense. But in the quarterback realm, after one week, and it's only one week, but after one week, I can't say it makes much sense to me. So right now, when you're talking about team drills so this is not your okay the quarterbacks are going to take a shotgun snap drop step throw the ball to the wide receiver as they do a quick hit in route or they're doing an out route or they're doing a wide receiver screen or they're practicing the all those tiny drills the minutia the details that always have to be ironed out i'm talking about okay we're doing seven on seven nine on nine eleven on eleven Those are team drills, the same drills that Deontay Johnson is not doing. So when you get to the team drills, the first thing that came to mind was Chris Oladokun, seventh round draft pick. Everyone said, Kevin Colbert said it before the draft, we need a fourth quarterback because we want to have that fourth camp arm. That makes sense. It's always been that way. Has had zero, I repeat, zero team drill repetitions during camp. None. I'm not saying that Chris Oladokun should be getting repetitions equal to or even close to equal to a Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, or Kenny Pickett, but you would expect them to have some semblance of a look for this guy that they drafted. And this isn't Devlin Hodges, who was a rookie minicamp invite that they kept. This isn't an undrafted free agent. This is a drafted player. I don't care if he was drafted in the seventh round. If you're going to take this player, at least give him a few reps. Now, Mike Tomlin said the repetitions will come. I just don't understand why when you're only in shorts, why they wouldn't come in that setting. Nonetheless, it goes even further. So Kenny Pickett has been getting repetitions, but his repetitions have all been with the third string. And you're hearing these reporters that are talking about how he's having to field snaps that basically roll back to him. His offensive line looks like Swiss cheese. He has no time. I'm not making excuses. The guy's made some bad plays. We've all seen him. If you follow stuff on Twitter, he's thrown interceptions. He is not, he's showing that he's a rookie. Let's be honest. I mean, no, I don't think anyone expected him to go in and just completely show out, but still the one drill that everyone loves and talks about the most that the Steelers run 
every single practice to start team drills is seven shots. Now, if you don't know what the seven shots drill is, let me explain it. The football gets placed at the two-yard line. And when it's at the two-yard line, there are seven plays from that spot. If the offense scores, they win that rep. If the defense keeps them off the scoreboard and keeps them out of the end zone, the defense wins that rep. Seven shots, seven plays. The team or the unit that has the most wins, well, they win. There's no tying when you have seven. So the the defense has won more than they've lost so far in camp. But it wasn't until Saturday that Kenny Pickett got a shot in seven shots. That meant one play. The last two practices, Mitch Trubisky has been 0 for 4. He's been the first quarterback out, has not thrown a touchdown the last two. Now, he did well in the first time they did seven shots, but the last two go-arounds has not been pretty. Mason Rudolph has been very average. We're talking 1 for 2, 1 for 3. And Kenny Pickett, in his lone repetition, threw a questionable touchdown to Tyler Vaughn's. It's debated whether he got his elbow or knee down before he went out of bounds. I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. The result's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about why is your first-round draft pick not getting more looks? If you're only in shorts, it's, it's just like with Oladokun. Why wouldn't you give Kenny Pickett the repetitions? And yes, Mike Tomlin can say whatever he wants about, oh, don't worry, the repetitions are going to come. They're going to come. We'll be fine. Well, when are they going to come? What's going to change? You just had a full week of of non-padded practice. You would think that that's when you get your rookie the most experience as possible, and then when the pads come on, and now bodies are flying all over the place, the quarterback, whoever it is, slowly starts to ease his way in. This is something that we talked about. I know I did when I talked about how this preseason is very intriguing for me, and the reason why it's intriguing is I wanted to see how Mike Tomlin was going to handle things like this. How is he going to handle three, maybe even four, quarterbacks trying to find their way through this preseason training camp, you know, practices, games, etc. So far, I have more questions than I do answers, not from performance, but how Tomlin is handling these plans. So when you think about Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph getting the majority of the reps, I'm not arguing that they shouldn't. I don't care about the hierarchy. I just think that you would, well, I think that the coaches would think that they want to give their rookie at least a good, solid look. And the more I talk about this, the more I think about this, the more I feel that maybe this is not an open competition. That maybe it is kind of what Dave Schofield outlined before the season started when he said, I can actually see Mitch Trubisky starting, Mason Rudolph backing up, and Kenny Pickett third in the in the pecking order and being inactive on game days. The more this goes on, the more I could see that being a reality. Do I like that? No. And the reason why I don't like it is because I just hope that the that Kenny Pickett and in an, in an essence Chris Oladokun get a fair shake. Again, not looking at equality here. I'm not looking at equitable numbers of repetitions. I'm looking at just giving them a shot. Kenny Pickett's gotten the shot. He's done two-minute drill, four-minute drill, third down, all that good stuff. But give him a shot with the ones. Give him a shot with the backups even. 
throwing him out there with the third string is not going to be conducive to building confidence. We'll put it that way. So as much as I loved what he did, Mike Tomlin, that is, with the wide receivers, I have a lot of questions about the quarterbacks and how he's handling that, at least in the early stages of camp. I said we're going to talk about the running backs. We are. The running back situation, the addition of Jeremy McNichols is really interesting to me. Basically, I view Jeremy McNichols as he is someone that can fill in if necessary. To me, he's kind of like an Anthony McFarlane. You know, he's he just is able to stay healthier. I love that the Steelers brought him in, but I'm curious to see how they're going to handle this once the preseason rolls around, when they start wearing pads. Is this player or any combination of Benny Snell Jr., Anthony McFarland, McNichols, or any combination, are they truly going to be determined to give Najee Harris a break, to not, quote-unquote, run the wheels off of him? That's what I want to see. I will say this. If we're looking at deciphering Mike Tomlin's plan, and that's what we've been talking about this entire podcast, if we're looking at deciphering the plan, then I like this plan. And what I mean by that is that if I'm deciphering what Mike Tomlin's trying to do, he's not just going in and saying, who we have is all we have. He's saying, I'm not sold on what we have. Let's bring in someone else to try and figure out what we have. And they've also worked out other running backs as well. So for as much as I question the quarterbacks, the the running back, that plan and the wide receiver plan with Deontay Johnson's hold in and then even throw in Chase Claypool's injury, I like him. I like what he's doing with the wide receivers. I like what he's doing with the running backs. Quarterbacks, I have my questions. Not saying I don't like it, but I just have my questions. We'll put it that way. On the defensive side, things are pretty much mundane. They're rotating through at different positions inside linebacker, cornerbacks. Um, they're, they're really just kind of feeling their way through everything. There's really nothing to question on that side of the ball. It's on offense. And that's what we focused on. It's going to be interesting this week with padded practice. We're going to readdress this re re I guess we'll say we're going to circle back. If you want to, you put it that way and figure out if maybe we have more answers from a week from today than we did right now. The last thing I want to talk about to finish out the show, I wrote an article. I, you, I've, you heard me talk about this a lot. A letter from the editor runs every Sunday during the offseason. So I only have a few more weeks of this before the reg- when the regular season starts. Sundays are game days, typically. I'm not writing my uh, my lone commentary article. Some people have told me they wish I wrote more stuff like my letter from the editor. Uh, maybe I will this season. But the letter from the editor was all about how, in my opinion, this 2022 Steelers team is time to put up or shut up. And the, the whole crux of the article, and some people, like they always do, just read the headline and went straight to the comment section. It wasn't about the Steelers going out there and performing. It was more for the narratives and storylines storyline surrounding the team finally being solidified in some way, shape, or form. So it's the debate over the quarterbacks. We're finally going to get an answer to that. That's good. Uh, you know, you talk about the running back situation. We're, we're going to know what their plan is at running back. And that's great. Matt Canada's offense. We're going to finally know what that might look like with a different quarterback at the helm. Same with Terrell Austin as a defensive coordinator. I talked about all that. And yet still I had people in the comment section and I, I literally clicked on the comments, scrolled down, read to, and said, not doing this. And that's because I, I just don't, I don't want to put myself in a mental state that's going to get me frustrated and angry. Cause everyone's like, everyone is saying similar things about, 
put up or shut up, this team's going through a rebuild. You know what I thought to myself? I'll tell you what I thought to myself. I thought to myself, rebuild, rebuild my ass. No, it's not rebuild. No way is it a rebuild. If Steeler fans are going to sit here every season, no matter what, and rip on Mike Tomlin because it's a Super Bowl or bust mentality, how can you ever say that a rebuild is going to somehow or the other change the outlook or change the expectation for this team it should never change if that is the way you view this team that every single year they should be good they should be competitive you build the team properly the foundation is solid then all you have to do is finish the project i understand that there's some missing pieces of this puzzle but how is anyone that is going to sit here and a lot of these fans are the same ones that say oh mike tomlin mediocre mike and all this stuff and then you're going to say well you take it easy on this team put up or shut up there in a rebuild come on no way is my in my opinion should that be an opinion of a Steeler fan that says it's Super Bowl or bust every year. Maybe you're listening to the same I don't say that, Jeff. I'm not a Super Bowl or bust guy. I think that there are down years. I think the future is bright for this team. I just don't think it is right now and that's fine. That's fair. You're you're the exception. But more Steeler fans than not are thinking every single year if there's not a Lombardi trophy added to the trophy case, then it was deemed a failure. And so if that's the case, then it's time for this team to finally start to put it together. It's time for Matt Canada to put his offense together. It's time for Terrell Austin to prove that he can do things as a defensive coordinator that maybe Keith Butler couldn't do. It's time for Mike Tomlin to maybe back off in certain aspects and let other people do their jobs. Maybe it's time that the Steelers change their philosophy and they start to become more of a game-ready, playoff-ready get some experience under their belt, and then they're ready to go on a run. Maybe that's what needs to happen. We'll see. But I really don't like, you know, if, if you're one of those fans that every year is a Super Bowl year, then you can't be okay with calling any year a quote-unquote rebuild. You just can't do it. You cannot do it. All right, folks, that does it for me. I am really excited for this week of practice for the Steelers. I'm excited to see what the Steelers do in pads. I want to hear the reports on backs on backers. We are going to have some really unique content at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com coming up. I know that we had the knee-jerk reactions from big bro Rich Schofield. That was last week. He was at the second practice, gave his reports. I felt bad for him. It was raining that day. They pushed everything to the turf field, which is farther away. It's tough to see. But he was there, gave a firsthand account. Now, Kevin Smith, he's going to be going to camp, and he's going to be writing a journal almost about the practice that he watched. I'm excited for that because he is a coach. He's a football mind. He's going to be able to view things differently than just the average fan. So keep your eye out for that this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. And also, we're going to have great content for you. We're still churning out a lot of stuff. Make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is somewhere that you are every single day, no matter what. As well as, don't forget, our podcast network is so much more than just my Let's Ride. Morning, noon, p.m. lineup. You want to check them all out. And just added a new show. It's called State of the Steelers. Really great show. Go check that out. You can find us anywhere where you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe and follow whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. Folks, I'm going to be back on Wednesday. I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about on Wednesday. I've got a beef with some of the Steelers uh, media or reporters coming up. You're going to hear my take on that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a wild one on Wednesday. And also, look out for the tweet on Tuesday. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I will put out the tweet around noon on Tuesday. See it? 
respond to it. I will answer that on Wednesday. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Wednesday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.